everybody, this is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. Welcome to the show. We are not starting a new series this week uh, because we thought we'd uh, do a new movie instead. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we, we want to try to focus on new movies when we can. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a kind of a new idea we've got, and why not? So this is not part of a series, at least not yet, and I wouldn't expect it to be. But today on the show, we're going to talk about the new Netflix original movie, The Devil All the Time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start by saying this movie just came out September 16th. So suffice it to say, there will be spoilers for that mo- for this movie in this podcast. There will probably so be if you If you haven't seen it yet and you want to, it's still pretty fresh. So just be warned that we're going to spoil it. <gasps> you might want to watch it first. Okay, mm-hmm. this movie is based on a novel of the same name written by Donald Ray Pollock. The movie was directed by Antonio Campos, who... I don't really know a lot of his films. He did, um, um, oh, I just blinked. <laughs> I had it pulled up. Oh, yeah, he did um, a movie called Christine in 2016 that he oh. is apparently known for. He yeah. also did an episode of Marvel's The Punisher on Netflix mm-hmm. um, and a film called After School back in 2008 that... Uh, got some buzz at some film festivals. So not a particularly like huge mainstream director. Uh, the movie though has quite quite a stacked cast of yeah, A-listers well and, cast. and the like. We've got Tom Holland, Bill Skarsgård, Sebastian Stan, um, Robert Pattinson, um, a whole bunch of people in this movie. Harry Melling, who I can't wait to talk about because the moment I figured out that was Dudley Dursley changed my whole outlook of the film. I, yeah, I, I figured it out <laughs> quite quickly, but not 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 on my own. I just went, this guy looks familiar. Like there's something about his face. Yeah. So we'll get to it. Uh, Mia, uh, how do you say her name? Which house was... was I don't know how to Masha say Koska? it. Yeah, I she's don't know. But the, it, explaining the premise of the movie in a, in a short blurb is difficult to do. It kind of expands... Um, really decades um but we kind of follow the life of a young man named arvin who we first see as a child and then he grows up as tom holland and kind of the uh the screwed up world around him in um this part of the country so what did everyone think of the devil all the time uh, first impressions ago who wants to go first? Uh, no one's nipping at the heels. Andrew, uh, anybody who like you really go likes first. first. Okay, I will go first. I hated this movie. You hated it. Did not you hated like it. it. Andrew, what was so what 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 stood out to you as so uh, dislikable? So he don't remember. He fell asleep. Oh, <laughs> that's a that's a review in itself. It is a review in itself. Except it's not. He falls asleep during Star Wars too. Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But we're, his 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 take on Star Wars is, is uh, one that we can play for comedy. Uh, uh, <laughs> Andrew, what uh, what about this movie? Like, where did it lose you? Yeah. It, so none of the characters in this movie, I really had any type of sympathy for. 
you know, yeah, it, they've all, everybody here is like, it, I'm, I'm, everybody here is like sort of in this world of like, everything is bad. And Arvin, uh, Arvin is really the only good character. And he does some pretty horrible stuff. Granted, he does some stuff to, he, he does some bad stuff to bad people. Yeah, he does it in the name of good. He's like he does a, it in he, the name of. He good. is like the Punisher in that way. Sure, but like everything that was leading up to that conclusion was just completely draining to me. And, this, okay. and, and gonna, my my thing is, my thing is, is that like how it, how it was all being weaved together, how it was all being weaved together was interesting. I thought that was a very interesting way of putting everything together. I thought the writing was pretty good. But when I, I just remember when I, when I left y'all's house after I, after we got done watching this, I'm like, this movie was just, ugh. Leave a bad so taste did, in your mouth, Andrew. Did you hate the movie or did it just make you sad? Cause there's a difference there's and you both. tend to hate movies that make you sad for no there's reason. Like, Even if they're good. It didn't, it didn't really make me sad, but it just left me drained. I'm just like, I'm just like, good God, how worse can this, how much more worse can this get? Like, yeah, it is a series of unfortunate events. Uh, okay. To follow up. I can't say that I liked it. Yeah. I can't say that I liked it at all. I will, I'm getting a vibe here. I will follow up on Andrew's okay. uh, sentiment. I did not like this movie. Um there's a Sebastian Stan's character, I think, has the best line in the film in which he says, some people are born just to be buried. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to paraphrase, I think some films are filmed just to be forgotten. Uh, that's, that's kind of my takeaway here. This movie was, this movie for me, weaved between dis- disturbing and boring. Uh, I felt I like, gosh, I felt like the story entrenches itself so much in like faith right and like like faith and how misplaced faith can be sometimes and how delusional people when they really engage with uh religion specifically here christian religion how they can get really really i mean the the people in this movie especially at the beginning uh borderline on mentally unstable i mean I, i wouldn't even say borderline they are mentally unstable people and granted they've had terrible situations in their lives that led them to that but gosh, I mean, the first... Okay, so Tom Holland doesn't show up for 40 minutes. His character, obviously, is there, like Andrew said, from the beginning. Yeah. But it is so much at the beginning that is, like, in a better film, would have been details slowly revealed through the course of the movie. Josh, Andrew, and uh, Garrett, you've all written before. You've heard the term, kill your darlings. This is a, this is a movie where some darlings definitely needed to be killed there's too many storylines going on sebastian stan feels irrelevant to me to the overall story uh his the 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 whole the first 40 minutes of the movie where you learn about basically you learn about tom holland's character's dad and i forget the other actress's name um it was sorry i'm gonna look it up here real quick it was i believe uh eliza scanlon so you learn about their parents and what happened to both of their parents and those stories while interesting in their own way, you know, like stories that it could easily, I mean, they felt like an episode, they felt like a season to themselves of American horror story. They take up so much of the movie and like 
once you, and all that information, you just kind of know it. And it's just like, okay, well, that was a lot of time to spend on backstory essentially. And all of those details could have been slowly revealed through the course of the movie and been more impactful when you find them out. But they just give you like basically a whole mini movie to go, okay, that was all the backstory. Now we're going to join the story that actually matters with these two characters and with these other two characters and with this other character who's not really important uh, uh, other than the fact that he's going to be the last person to die in this movie. So um, I don't think it was bad. Like, I don't think it was like bad, bad. Like there are movies that I watch that I go, nobody would like this. But this is a movie that I think there is something here for someone. It's not me, though. Um, I just feel like if you're going to spend so much time around the idea of faith and uh, the idea of redemption needs to come into it somewhere. Because there's no real redemption for any of these characters, even the ones that probably should get it. Uh, It just feels like it just feels like a movie that the tagline should just be like, crap happens, you know, and then you die. Like that's what that's, that was the takeaway. All right. Well, Garrett, I assume I was, I was excited about this movie based on the trailer. Um, when we watched the trailer, it gave me very, uh, season one true detective vibes where it seemed like it was going to be this weird, creepy, cult, religiousy doing bad to this town. Um, when you, you see the backstory and you learn about uh, Skarsgård's character, Willard, he's got that creepy um, prayer log out in the middle of the forest. And so I was thinking like Midsommar, those kinds of things. And when we flashed back to see um, Willard in the war, you had that soldier who uh, they stumbled upon who was hanging on a cross mm-hmm. covered in flies and and they were like what in the world was that and they got closer and then he was alive they pulled a uh, if you've seen seven they pulled a moment where you think this body is dead and they get closer and they closer and then he goes and, and and i was like oh yeah i'm into this and then nothing like that ever happened again um it really was just Depressing is the only way to really kind of um, go through it. Depressing and boring. And there's nothing wrong with a depressing movie. Um, It just, you have to have a likable character and there are none. Uh, Even Arvin, who is, again, the closest thing you have to that, is not likable. Not really. Um, You feel bad for him in the situation that he was in, but I don't like him. I have minor sympathy, but if the most positive feeling I have for someone in this movie is minor sympathy, then you didn't give me enough reason to care about anybody in this movie. And I didn't. Yeah. Like you said, Gary, and maybe the best I could muster for most of these character was, characters was pity. Yeah. Like, I don't know, Josh? Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm trying to figure out how how to do this because I want to try to be the the voice pulling for this movie, Uh but I also had 
some like personal issues with it. And it mostly came down to what, uh, what David said is that this movie is for someone, but maybe not for me. And so I felt that it was very well made and well acted mm-hmm. and well written. And by all accounts, what I would think would be considered a by the book good film that isn't that I'm not the audience for. Mm. Um, I didn't like uh, enjoy myself a lot of times, but sometimes I did. Um, I particularly enjoy like the some of the more sinister moments. Um, I'm I, I guess in this episode I will be the playing the role of Andrew's polar opposite, wherein um, the darker and more evil and sad things get, the more I'm like, yeah, give me more of that. That was interesting. Yeah. But don't, um, oh, go ahead. But no, what was your question? I was just going to ask. I was going to, so I felt like in contrast to the, the most recent new movie we've watched, <clears> you and we, we, we talked about how something like Tenet like was really compelling Mm-hmm. Did you feel like you were compelled from moment to moment? Like something like you were like, Oh, I want to find out what happens next. Um, sometimes, but it was not sustained. I think was, was the, where the issue comes in. Um, and that is an issue that I think comes into play often with films that try to span an extremely long period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're in the case of Arvin, we're seeing different and a different actors play that character. Um, and it's like, once you get into the story of Arvin as a child, now he's a grown up, and it's like, well, now I got to reset. It's almost like telling multiple stories in the same movie. And I think that can be hard. Um, I thought that this movie suffered from some marketing choices wherein, you know, Garrett mentioned the trailer selling a movie that I don't think it necessarily delivered. And like, look, that we're going to have to, as like a, a people, stop stop taking trailers for what it is. Because we've been yes. fooled too many times. And I'm yeah. quite honestly getting fucking tired of it. <laughs> well, we're like, I don't we're even want to watch, it makes me not want to watch your trailer because it's like, I get, there's two types of trailers in the world. There's the trailer that tells you um, everything that happens in the movie. And there's mm-hmm. a trailer that tricks you into thinking it's something it's not. And yeah, that's right. apparently what studios make now. And I feel like this trailer was selling something that it's not. Yeah. Um, like you said, Tom Holland is not in this movie until 40 minutes in, but his face is gigantic on the, on the poster and artwork. Yeah. Um, you can same say the same for, with yeah, Robert Pattinson. Same for Robert Pattinson, who later. is barely in the movie. Yeah, and it was, he was the Johnny Depp in um, uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Oh but yeah, yeah. Robert Pattinson was was quite good, and I really enjoyed his character, um, what he did with his character. But I think it just became hard to. It's like how Tenet was hard to follow, in ways be, because the plot was confusing. This movie was hard to follow because things changed too much over time. A little bit, yeah. If that makes sense. So the best things I can say about it is I think that they created a really interesting world. I I genuinely enjoyed the world. Um, mm-hmm. 
this this like southern gothic evil backwoods town i'm all give me more of that that's great um the idea of a young man trying to like stop these forces of evil uh from getting his family that's cool into that but there's too much i think that what i I would have liked about this movie more is had arvin just given in to his evil side um it's planted throughout the movie that he's got deep darkness because of what he's been through um with his mom dying and his dad killing himself and watching his dog be sacrificed, um, watching his dad go avenge his wife, essentially. Uh, While they were praying, they heard two men talking about her and then Mm -hmm. uh, he wouldn't beat him up. And so throughout this movie, you see echoes of that darkness and those traits through Arvin. And I think that as more and more continued to happen, I wish they would have just let him become an angry, like lividly angry, like the Punisher, where instead he didn't get that extreme. He still had that remorse and that regret, which is where that sympathy comes in. But I wanted him to turn bad, but... I would have liked him because he was getting rid of worse people. So lean into those, that anger, become angry and keep Mm -hmm. it. Don't run away in fear. Like I don't exactly know how they would have changed it, but him going back and forth and back and forth and trying to remain this sad, broody person, it didn't connect. But if he would have just leaned into that anger and just been, I'm tired of this, I'm going to, get rid of all of this. I think I would have liked it more. Um, but they just continually tried to throw his, oh, poor pitiful background to you. Whereas they could have used that as fuel for the reason why he's so angry instead. I don't want to feel pity for him. I want to feel his anger. I think that's because when he was beating up those people like his dad did, oh, I liked yeah. that. Least, yeah. those, pe- those, those people deserved it. They were bad people. They were doing bad things to his sister. Yeah. And he was the Avenger. And that's what I think I would have liked more. Um, and they just didn't take it far enough for me. I think that could have changed the outcome of it a little bit. Um, but just trying to make me feel bad for him when he was doing bad things, um, not going to work. But if he understands what he's doing and leans into it, I think I would have liked it more. Andrew, anything Andrew else? would have liked it less if he did that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't have him do more bad. Well, like it's when it comes to, when it comes to something like this, there's two things that are rolling through my, there's two things that I'm thinking about. Oh God, stop. And why'd you make me do this? <laughs> yes. There's um, a, I have a shortbread in the oven. <laughs> Um, no, like this probably could have worked as a mini series. Yeah. I think it could yeah, have worked. As I a agree with that. Because yeah. if you, maybe if you would have like, maybe if they would have like, maybe just 
delved into their histories just a little bit more as to why. I mean, then again, what do you mean? The first hour was that, but like, but my thing yeah. is, is that, but my thing is, is that like maybe build it up a little bit to where, you know, these stories that they're trying to tell are interweaving just a little bit better instead mm. of the two and a half hour time frame that we have. Yeah. Maybe we could have got something a little bit different, but also the notion of Arvin being an anti-hero. Uh, the more I think about it, the more I think about it, the more, the more respect I have for Arvin, but all in all, I think the the writing of this film is its strong point. And it's uh, the writing of the film is 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 better is an honest effort. Mm. It is. It's an honest effort. It's an honest effort to try to weave everything together towards the end. It's like watching it's it's like an Elmore Leonard novel. Is how I is how I come up with it because like Elmore yeah. Leonard does this thing where he he builds up the main characters within the first first few chapters of the book of any book that he's ever written and it's also kind of like a film of uh, Anthony Minghella where there's these there's these there's these weaving stories there's these weaving stories that are coming together that will eventually end up at the same it'll end up on the same timeline. And I think that's interesting mm -hmm. here. However, most of these characters are unsympathetic. You can't get behind them. And that's, that's my problem. Is that like, does it, it, it can't really draw me into these, oh. into, it, it can't really draw me into anything here it, when they're all of them are just doing bad stuff. But I will say this. And yet you love Deadpool. Say what? And yet you love Deadpool. Deadpool is different. Who absolutely yeah. never does a good thing in his life. But Deadpool's just a saying the, the logic is a there. humorous character. But Not like, sure. but Deadpool is also a, an anti-hero that is likable. That is highly likable. He has charisma. He has yeah. He has charisma. Arvin is an unfortunate victim of all these bad circumstances, and it's like, it's like he's killing people. It's like he's killing people. He's killing people. Really, he killed one person of whom he had motive to kill, and then the other two were mainly in self. Oh, the other three yeah. were mainly in self defense. Yeah, and he just happened to he just happened to get rid of people who were bad. So, well, maybe, I think the problem also comes from he is doing those things, and while it, and yeah. but in the end, people don't know they're bad, and so he is still being portrayed as the bad guy. So the yeah. person I'm rooting for does not have a happy ending, I guess. Not really. <laughs> this is a movie where everything is so sad and depressing and downtrodden that thinking of it in a way of the husband and wife who were serial murders, murderers are portrayed as um, victims the police officers portrayed as a victim, the pastors portrayed as a victim, and that Arvin is this crazy individual who is just out on a murder spree. Yeah. Um, it doesn't give me anything to root for because everything is just awful. He no, I, did the right thing, but is portrayed as the bad guy. And unfortunately, that's the reality. Um, and some movies are 
good at doing that. There are a lot of good movies. I can't name any right off my head, but there are a lot of good movies that exist in this world where nothing good happens and everything is bad. Yeah. And yeah. this is one of those movies, but for some reason it just does not have that same redeeming quality that those other movies have. And I'll tell you this. And I cannot figure out why. I'll tell you this. This is why I think it is. I'll try to, I'll try to answer that question for you. It's because none of those characters that he ends up doing away with, you feel like re- like you actually felt excited when he confronted them. Like, if the point of the movie is this epic encounter between this hit, the, the, this traveling murder couple and this kid, you know, who's been on this path ever since his dad crucified his dog, I didn't feel anything because as soon as his car started to break down, I went, okay, here we go. This is where they're going to meet. And here it goes, and there it is. Like, it was not, I wasn't, like, tense or excited about this moment, even though they showed us what they were doing, but they never were actually, that couple was never evil enough for me to hate them. Like, all I could do is sit there and wonder, hey, when are these people going to come into play into the actual story? Like, they were, they were somewhat relevant at the beginning, and now they're just a random couple. But it never felt like those two stories were actually on a, uh, 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 like a, oh, what's the word? Collision uh, course? They were never on track to meet, and they only really happened to meet by happenstance, um, which happens in the real world. Things, coincidence is a real thing, but it didn't feel like these things were building towards this epic encounter. And when the moment came, it didn't feel epic, it just felt random. And because of that, it doesn't really feel cathartic at all when these characters die because. They're not, they're not evil enough for you to hate. And the character that could be sympathetic in this situation, the woman who's clearly, be, who's clearly lost her, her edge in this, she doesn't want to do it anymore. She dies too, so that's a bummer. And then Arvin, like you said, he's going to be treated like a criminal anyway. So like, there's no catharsis here. It just feels hollow when the movie ends. Andrew, you said this movie is like a like a, like it might work as a series. I think that's true. There are so mm-hmm. many TV shows that that juggle multiple storylines at the same time, and over the course of an eight hour or a ten hour or a twenty hour season, you can let all of that stuff breathe. Uh, but here, they try to squish it all into two hour two two and a quarter uh, hours, yeah. and it just feels it feels sluggish and rushed at the same yeah. time. Uh, I I remember watching. I remember like about an hour in, I went, boy. Uh, this is just giving me like super criminal minds uh, vibes. Like I was like, I was like, he's the dom, she's the unsub. Oh, that's their trigger. Oh, that's their, uh, 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 you know, this is their, um, oh gosh, what was that other term? You know, anyway, the, just all this stuff. And, uh, and even Robert Pattinson's character, even though he does a shitty thing, it felt like the climax of that came so fast. Like he shows up, he messes stuff up. He's dead in like less than 35 minutes. That's yeah. it. If if I'm writing this, if I'm rewriting this, if I'm adapting this story, that's the focus of the movie. Mm-hmm. Is this personal struggle between this preacher who's come to town and what he does to this family? Because he pisses the mom, he pisses off the grandma. I say pisses off. He upsets the grandmother, right? He's making people feel bad in town, and he's sleeping with underage girls. Like he's a bad dude. That's yeah. your villain. Your villain is not uh, someone that has no connection to the story other than he happens to bump into the, to, to your protagonist at the end of the movie. I, there I, is I don't a know. Like, that's how I felt connection, about it. But it's a missed connection. 
I think that had, so we see, what is it, Carl? Is that his name, the murderer? Carl. Carl. (laughs) Carl and Sandy, they meet at the same restaurant (laughs) that Willard meets his wife. That's true. They cross paths at the very beginning of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, never to, never the twain shall meet again. Mm-hmm. Um, the connection is that Carl and Sandy murdered the preacher who was married to Lenora's mom. Yeah, but they didn't murder Lenora. Or they didn't murder Lenora's mom. No, they murdered the crappy preacher. Right. Had they murdered either Arvin's or Lenora's parents, but Arvin was unaware of that and they met and he ended up killing them, I think that would have been a cathartic, yeah. cathartic moment that we didn't get. Instead, they murdered a shitty pastor who was also doing shitty things. Yeah, who's, who's technically who the murdered, father yeah. of his stepsister. Yeah, yeah. so like stepsister. I didn't care that he ended up murdering them. But had he, had they been the ones to murder Arvin's parent, mm-hmm. at least one of them, that moment, I think, would yeah. make more sense. But they yeah, didn't but that, do, they didn't give me that. But, no. but it, like, that's as a, that, that's a, 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 man, that's all by chance too. And nobody ever knows that. Like, nobody yeah. ever finds that out. Nobody knows whatever happened to uh, Lenora's dad. They don't mm-hmm. know even 18 years later. And the characters themselves don't even know that they have that connection. Like, oh, I murdered your stepsister's dad 17 years ago mm-hmm. or whatever. They don't even, they, they don't even, they aren't even able to draw that connection. So I don't know. Uh, like Josh said, I think the performances are fine mm-hmm. to, to step to like things that I thought were kind of, were, were fine or good. I thought the production value, like Josh said, is excellent uh, uh, from the costumes, the cars, the, 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 the style of the movie. The, 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 I think the, Andrew, maybe you can comment on this more. I think the cinematography was fine. Everything looked good. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, 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 worked, it worked really well on a fashion of like, give me darkness. Yeah. And everything was, it, yeah. I, everything I'll tell was you good. this. This was the sweatiest movie I have seen in a while. <laughs> just from head to toe. Just it's this, swampy, everybody, baby. Everybody looked hot. That's swampy. They were, you know, some some of them guys. They had to have their man ponds in. You ever you ever heard of this? <laughs> you get some, some some bounty. You fold it over twice down the back of pants. Ugh, avoid that swamp. A swampy feeling. It was <laughs> gross looking. This movie. Ugh. But that's to its credit. I did a good job with that. <laughs> I also I, I felt that. hot watching it. Yeah, I also think it's important to point out that the three, well, not, at least three of them are very British. Um, Pattinson, Holland, and Dudley Do-Right. They're very British, who do very good at the Southern accents. So um, yeah, the acting is fine. The the look of the movie is fine, especially considering it is a Netflix movie. Um, Sometimes their production value is not as high. Uh, If in movies like this, and this is well done. Yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, though, I, I unfortunately felt like there wasn't really like a standout performance. No. As well, no. like I wouldn't say, "Oh, you have to watch this for Pattinson." I don't even feel like I can say that about any of the perform. Even Tom Holland, who might have the the beefiest role, I wouldn't even be like, "Oh, you got to see what Tom Holland does." The Devil all the time. It's captivating. It because 
as 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 adequate, as good a job as everybody does, I just don't feel like anybody stands out. If we're if we're going for that, if we're going for that aspect, I, I would I would venture to say that the standout here really is Tom Holland, because he's stepping out of that Spider Man role. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's just like Robert Pattinson stepping out of that uh, that Twilight role. Everybody knows him as Twilight. Everybody knows a, 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 him in the as the dude in Twilight. And that's kind of how he's going to be from now on until he starts doing other stuff. Listen, I'm about to throw hands with you. <laughs> Robert Pattinson's been doing Robert things. Pattinson has not been known as a Twilight guy for at least five he years. He still is. I know, him. but I that's what he, I, I think. That's, a lot of people will never forget that. Never. But They'll that's never that's forget that, but. Oh, God. That's what I'm saying, though. It is like. He's done a lot since, though. Yeah. I mean, he, it, Robert Pattinson has really come out of that role. Mm-hmm. He's not. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's not the Twilight guy anymore. He's no. not. And uh, I mean, did you guy. did you see the lighthouse? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we literally just this is our second uh, Tom, Robert Pattinson movie we reviewed this year. I already forgot the first. What was it? Tenet. Tenet. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it just did. It's last one we did. Uh, but, you know what? Time doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's a construct. <laughs> anymore, it is. Um. Yeah, you want to talk about Dudley? Yes, Johnson? I thought Harry Melling was was very impressive to the point where I needed to look him up in the middle of the movie. Yes, um, and it was the moment when he's showering himself in spiders and screaming, where I was like, yeah. I need to know who this is um, because yeah. he's really, really good. Yeah, um, I mean I, that was terrifying. And then um, when he kills his wife to prove that he could resurrect the dead mm-hmm. was like chilling and heartbreaking and mm-hmm. terrifying. And he's just screaming resurrect. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is this intense. Good. This yeah. is not good. Cause I'm also feeling, I'm so angry at him because it's yeah. such a stupid thing to do. Yeah. Like what? she's so helpless. And yes, he just, he just drives, drives a, a big giant knife into her neck. I think it was a screwdriver. Oh yeah, you're right. It was a screwdriver. Yeah, um, popped her right in the neck. That was that was unexpected. Yes, out of nowhere. And then he's like, "I have the power to resurrect the dead. God gave me that." Yeah, and I'm thinking lost. like, one, that's silly. Why would you? You can't do that. And two, Bad. like, start with a bunny. She still has a giant hole in her neck. How would the, how would you fix that part? Even if you resurrected her, I thought he was extremely good. And yeah, I, I tell you what, that boy I was he's got very a face. surprised by him. He does he have a, a face. He have a very, very distinct face. The second I saw him, I went, "Well, I know this guy. This guy looks something's up." And did you think, like I did, David, that he was the guy that was torturing Theon Greyjoy in Game of Thrones? Because that's <laughs> who I thought he was. <laughs> what? A, they both yeah. have that creepy Never face, forget a chin. crazy eyes, and I was like, "That's a dude." That tortured Theon Greyjoy. I'm pretty sure I said that right in the middle of the movie, and then Josh looked it up later, and it yeah. turned out to be. I don't remember that guy's name. I remember the character's name was uh, Ramsey Snow, sure. Ramsey Snow, or something like that. Ramsey Bolton. That's what he eventually became. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, I could see that. Um, I did not think it was a uh, good old Dudley Dursley from the Harry mm-hmm. Potter movies. No. Uh, tell you what, though, uh, I, I, great actor. Really, I thought if it is if anybody stand out, yeah, I think Josh, you might be right. It might be this guy just because you don't expect this type of role from him, and maybe that's I haven't watched enough of his oeuvre to exactly. uh, to really know. 
I mean, but, Robert uh, Pattinson can't. Yeah. I don't think he can impress me any more than he already has. Sure. Um, and Tom Holland is also very impressive. I echo what Andrew said there. I was just scouring his IMDb real quick. Um, I've not seen any Tom Holland movie that's not a that's not an MCU film. So I can't speak for a lot of his stuff. And I think a lot of people might be similar because, you know, those are his mainstream films. So this movie is the one that showed me that he has range. He's very, he's pretty wide range. And he's not always this, um, you know, naive young boy. He's boy also, boy. he can also be this extremely troubled young man. Yeah. And so impressive. I thought that was impressive too. So yeah. I, I think, I think, I, yeah, I think the acting is very good. Yeah, yeah. What's the actor who plays Dudley's real name? Harry Melling. Harry Melling. I'll tell you what. Melling, yes. Great actor. That dude's got a punchable face. He has had it ever since he was Dudley, and he still has. I was watching this, and I was like, man, I just want to punch this guy. Uh, well, maybe that's why he got the role of Dudley in the that first place. That was before the, all the bad stuff happened. But yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know what else to really say about this movie uh, for me personally. No, probably not. Um, I don't think so either. And we don't have uh, any box office to discuss, seeing as how this was a Netflix original. So I mean, let's released it in theaters on the September 10th, but um, I don't think there's really much of much in the way of numbers no. for that. They just have to do that so it can be considered. Yeah, there's barely numbers for wide releases right now. Um, well, who remembers who won the Muppets game? <laughs> oh, do you want to go to the letterbox? Well, do you have something? Because we that's no. the next order of business would be the letterbox game. I can do that Hang without on. box office stats. We didn't do. We didn't. Uh, we didn't play the letterbox game for Tenant, but I did. But I do have the stats here. So uh, I'll drop a few. Was, then why not? The last winner was me. So I'll do it. Okay. okay. All right. So let's look it up here real quick. L E T T. Uh, for those not familiar, the letterbox games where we go to our favorite uh, movie. Uh, what would you call it? Film critique site. Uh, Letterbox, yep. which is a huge community of hundreds of uh, thousands, really, of film fans. Uh, the devil. Mm-hmm. All the time. And uh, what we do is we collectively try to, or individually try to guess the score that it has amongst the, the aggregate of Letterboxd. Used to use Rotten Tomatoes, found it to be uh, too, too, too easily swayed at times. Uh, hard to work with, but Letterbox we really like it because you know the fan, the fans and the critics they're joined together. Okay, yeah. so uh, this movie came out just this week, so this is a pretty fresh review. Uh, it has been reviewed by uh, it's a, it's a, we have forty eight thousand people say they've watched it, and uh, twelve thousand uh, uh, people. Have, oh, it's never mind. That's not a good stat. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say twelve thousand people uh, have put it on their lists, but that tells us nothing. Yeah. Um, I don't see the exact number of ratings here, but yeah, it's hard to find. That's sometimes. okay. Let's just go ahead. And who wants to take the first guess? I'm, oh, go ahead, Andrew. Andrew, Andrew has to go. I said it. He has to go. I'm sorry. Nope. Uh, go. <laughs> I'm going to go with 2.5. 2.5 from Andrew. Okay, good. I can still say mine. I was going to go 3.0. 3.0 from Josh. Y'all suck. Two uh, <laughs> seven. What'd you say? Two seven. Two point seven. Yeah. 
Okay. Good point, Sivin. Well, uh, all right. So the letterbox score, uh, this is going to be kind of a, 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 you guys are going to feel a little embarrassed here, I think. Uh, Josh is the winner, but even Josh is a little off. It uh, has a current score of 3.4. Oh, wow. Really? Yes, indeed. It's uh, it's mostly been reviewed with uh, four stars or uh, three stars, uh, followed by four stars. And then, uh, I'm sorry, three and a half to four, basically. Like it has 10,000, 10,000 uh, three and a half star reviews, 10,000 four star reviews. And it's just like a matter of a couple hundred there. And then 8,000 three star reviews. I can Since tell you that I will not be joining with them. My assumption is that a movie like this is probably being reviewed by um, very people or by people who respect movies and not people who are just watching to be entertained. I think that probably we true. are still in the early levels where people are giving it based on how it looks, how the performances are, um, and that will appreciate a movie like this yeah. even more than us. Um, and I feel like we have established ourselves as people who know what we're talking about. Um, to an extent. Uh, but I don't think that the regular people who just watch it to be entertained by it uh, have jumped on this train yet. Yeah, That's my assumption. I could be incredibly wrong, and maybe we are just the uh, minority on this one. That's also possible. I don't know. Uh, is there a place where it says how many total reviews it has? I don't know. Uh, it's had a lot of reviews so far. Um, I wouldn't say that they're all together positive, but uh, your basic, you know, like like I said, the average three point four. So you're you're talking about people that are giving it between three and four, for the most part. What do uh, what do we give it? Two point oh. Two point solid two point oh from Andrew. I'm gonna give it a two and a half. Two. That's my rating. I give things that somebody else might like more than I do. It's a three for me. Ooh, a three from Josh. So. Well, that's going to make our score all over the place. Two twos, a two and a half, and a three. Um, sorry, I was looking up. I was. I'm looking up score the how it did on other sites to see how they compare. Rotten Tomatoes is uh, the audience score again is in the 80s. Oh yeah, yeah. I just Critics yeah, 83 percent there, and on IMDb it is a 7.2 out of 10. I'm interested to see what the disconnect is on our end because the critics gave it like a 65 on Rotten Tomatoes. And that's a, that's pretty close to what I feel like I would give it. Um, But the audience is really enjoying it. And that honestly surprises me. It's highly possible. Now, now, now this is going to be a very cynical way to look at it, but you got to also remember who's in the movie. It is a very, is a cast that definitely, caters to the mainstream audience right now. People love Tom Holland. People love Robert Pattinson, Sebastian Stan. There's a big fan base for this group out there. So there's a lot of people out there probably like it just because they really want to see these actors do more. Um, Yeah, I I would also, just another guess that I could be wrong about, but who knows. Um, I think that our group here, we focused pretty strongly on character likability, and I don't necessarily think that's a thing for everyone. I think some people can go into a movie and not care one way or the other about what the, who they are watching. Uh, they care about what's going on. That's a, that's my guess. It could be possible. I mean, I've no. I've watched plenty of. Th- I just think I've seen so many things over the years where I'm like, I don't like anyone in this movie, but it seems to be extremely popular. So I guess it does, what I think doesn't matter. <laughs> 
Yeah, and and again, uh, for me, yeah, I mean, I think it came down to a lot. Uh, you guys liked the writing. I thought that it was it was too slowly paced for me. Uh, a lot of the writing, I thought that I mean, dialogue wise, things were fine, but I just kind of think that there was six stories here, and that they they, they could have done with three. So, um, so did we have two two point ohs or two two point fives? We had two two point ohs, right? 2.0. And one two point oh. five, one three. So that should give us like a two point three or something. Yeah, 2.375. <clears throat> um, wow. Okay. 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 All right. Um, so is that, that, that doesn't sound like a very good recommendation from us. It does not sound like a good recommendation from us. And so I was thinking <laughs> on, um, on Reddit's movie community, they usually have discussions of new movies each week, right? And included in there is like a poll where you can rate the film. And one of the questions that I always like on there is, would you recommend this film? And the answers, the the options are always yes, no, or yes, but only to fans of the genre slash director, whatever. And this is one of those movies where I would pick that option. Mm. I would say, yes, I recommend this if you are into if you're a fan of the book, perhaps, or if you like this type of Southern Gothic stuff, then yeah. But otherwise, I would say no. Yeah, that's that's how, where I am. I, I you know, uh, someone um, might like this. Uh, I clearly felt like a it, lot of people do. <laughs> I felt like it, it leaned too much on the book. We didn't mention that the author actually narrates the movie. Yeah, um, that's true. But I, it, I, it I, leans, do, I did pick up on that. I feel like it probably took too much, and this is what happens when you try to adapt the book too well, I think, is that there's just too much going on. Books handle yeah, multiple storylines a lot better than movies generally. I, so. I'd like to look into the book to see how it compares because I, I, I think I might enjoy the story if it were told as intended. Yeah. But anyway, that's this episode of the show. Thank you for watching and listening. Um, you can find The Devil All the Time on Netflix if you went through all of this, hadn't seen it, and still want to. <laughs> you were very committed if you did yeah, um, but, the, but it's on Netflix um, and that's it like and subscribe to all our stuff on social media we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Letterboxd uh, I'm trying to do more with our Letterboxd account now the other day or yesterday I think actually as of this recording I went through and added a bunch of our movies <laughs> that I hadn't added to the account yeah, so yeah, yeah. my goal is to try to keep up with that and um, so yeah, follow us on Letterboxd. Follow our individual accounts on Letterboxd. I'm sure you can figure it out. You know our names. And we'll be back next time with a new series. Um, uh, you know, if you're, if you're, it's so weird with these shows because you never know if people are watching it in order or if someone's like coming to this in five yeah. years from now on YouTube. But mm-hmm. if you're watching this in like sequential order, next we're starting uh, Halloween month. So we will be doing a series of Halloween movies. Uh, most likely uh, one standalone movie each. Who knows? We, we don't even know yet as of recording what we're going to end up doing. So keep an eye out to our social media accounts for our uh, updates. Spin, our, yeah, our sequel video where we yeah, will yeah. learn which movies we're going to cover. Okay, that's it. Bye. <laughs>